0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We've been on this series on purpose, and I want to continue with this because I want you to know how important you are to God. And you, this ain't just like, you know. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like, Oh, you gotta say this. You know, like people might be thinking, like, oh, you're the pastor of the church. What are you gonna say? You gotta talk like this. No, you have to realize that you've been designed by God specifically strategically. why God why are you born now? Why didn't God have you show up 50 years ago? Why didn't God have you show up 20 years later? You don't think God's in the details? Read the Bible, he's into every detail. You know what I'm saying? So you, your timing's important, your life's important. Why you've been put on the face of the earth is important. You have an assignment. You've got a God-given purpose. You've got a God-given ability that nobody else in the world has. Why would God give it to you? Why do you have a passion to do what you do? Why do you like what you like, love what you love, hate what you hate? These are all, these are all tells about why you've been placed on the face of the earth. I'm telling you, man, you are so important in the kingdom of heaven. Well, uh, I I don't think I'm important. You are. You touch one person. You touch one million people. Who cares? The bottom line is you have to fulfill your God-given assignment. It's important. So I think this is what happens, right? Sometimes we run away from God and we don't even realize it. You know, I was thinking this week about like Jonah. You know, everybody reads about Jonah. It's like, oh, Jonah, you know, like, Jonah, you know, Jonah went to Whale University. You know, I don't know if you know that. It was like kind of like school of hard knocks. It was like, but you got to realize Jonah was called by God to go to Nineveh. A lot of people don't know Nineveh is a nightmare. You picture the worst city in a world and go, hey, Nineveh. It's like a hundred times worse in Nineveh than it was there. These people are brutal. They're evil. They're like sacrificing children, demonic, crazy Nineveh the Ninevites were nuts. Are you here? This isn't like Jonah's like, I don't want to go because I'm, I, no, Jonah's like, I ain't going. Those people are crazy. I don't want to go, God. It wasn't like he was like going on a picnic. He's like, this place is evil. I don't feel called. Can I get an amen? I kind of feel called to the Caribbean. How about you? You know, somewhere warm sand, you know, nice place. How, how many feel called to like the Soviet Union? Anybody in here? Thank you very much for the show. Not that that's bad. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things you feel called to, but how about God says, go to Nineveh. It's like go to the hood 10 times over. No, people are crazy. I'm not going. You know what I mean? I don't want to go there. I want to have a pretty ministry. Don't you? You know what I mean? So Jonah's like, hey, no way. Gets on the boat, wants to go the other way. And God, what? Has a way to kind of interrupt the boat trip because the guys wake up and go, hey, there's a problem. And hey, we think it's you. And they throw him over and he gets swallowed by a whale. Now, I don't know about you, but if you get swallowed by a whale from God, you're probably not in the will of God for your life. Just maybe a little bit. So what am I trying to get you to see? That God is not trying to take something from Jonah or make him do something Jonah doesn't want to do. It was part of Jonah's assignment to go and preach to the Ninevites so they can hear the truth of the gospel. Am I saying God's going to do that with you? No, but aren't we really good at running away from God just a little bit? especially when we're not comfortable with what he's talking to us about remember when you weren't now don't go there but you remember when you weren't living perfect living a little right you know you had a little bit of stuff you shouldn't have been doing and you knew when you went to God he was going to kind of bring it up what do we usually do we duck you ever been mad you ever been you ever been mad and want to stay mad how's your prayer life when you're mad and want to stay mad not too hot because you don't really go pray. Why? Because I want to stay mad and I know if I go see God, he's not going to let me be mad no more. Can I get an amen from this nice Pentecostal church? You know what I'm saying? You ever been doing something you know God told you not to do, but you want to do it anyway? Not bad stuff, just little stuff. I want to do it anyway. How many, how's your prayer life look then? Not too hot. Why? Because you don't go to God when you don't feel like you're going to hear what you want to hear sometimes. So when do we run away from God? Write this down. We run away from God's presence. You want to know why? Because sometimes we think he's taking something. Don't run away from God's presence and don't desire to hide from God. It's not smart. Another guy, Adam. You ever drive through the middle of Florida? If you have not driven in the middle of Florida, it is the most depressing ride you've ever seen in your life. I went one time from Sarasota to Avon Park across the middle of Florida. I don't even know where I was. All you see is thinking orange trees and cows. It's a miserable ride. You ever do it? Has anybody in here done it? You ever done it, right? Mike, am I kidding, right? There's nothing. out. Pastor Liz fell asleep first eight minutes in the car. She was gone and I was bored. I was like, this is miserable. And I'm driving across and all I see, and I started seeing those orange trees after orange trees, after orange trees, after orange trees, and I'm going, what a miserable ride. But I started thinking about Adam today because this is Adam and God. God brings him to that orange grove and goes, hey, Adam, you can have anything you want in this orange grove called Eden." Just don't eat from that tree right there. And this moron goes right to the tree that God's, and you can have everything you want. Isn't that human nature? God will give you everything, but the one thing he tells you not to touch, you want to touch it. How many of you see that sign that says wet paint? What's the first thing you do? How wet is it? Right it crazy. Wherever there's a law, there is sin. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like almost comical. It's like, well, I want to know how wet it really is. Let me touch it. And then you got paint on your finger for the rest of the day. Now you're caught. Uh, yeah, same thing. Mess, big mess. So here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. We something, and what happened when Adam was this, what does he do? He goes, God's looking for him. Adam, Adam's wrong. Where, where are you, Adam? Adam, and what does Adam say? That's where they got that TV show from, Naked and Afraid. I'm naked. He said it. It's in the Bible. God should really be getting a check from CBS or whoever produced that thing because he named it, naked. I'm naked and I'm afraid. What's God say? Hey, who told you you're naked? Did you touch that tree I told you not to eat from? Did you do what I told you not to do? And Adam's hiding from God's presence. Why? Because he doesn't feel like he's connected with God because he made a mistake. Sometimes when we make mistakes, we feel like we're not as connected to God. But I got news to you. God still came and found him like he'll come find you. But we got to start getting in God's presence so he can speak to us even when it's uncomfortable. And sometimes we're running away from God's presence because we don't understand Remember this about God. He is never trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get everything to you. Let me just get close to home for some of you. You ever been in a relationship that God didn't want you to be in? Maybe, maybe, you, maybe I don't know, maybe you were in love or maybe this or maybe that or maybe it was a friendship or something like that and God's like, hey, that's not for you. Man, sometimes that's painful, that hurts. But God doesn't want to hurt you he just doesn't want you to be around people you don't need to be around. That doesn't mean they're bad people. They're just not your people. You ever have friends like that? You kind of got, you were friendly, it was close, and then all of a sudden, they just fell off the face of the earth, and you don't know why. And God was like, hey, or maybe you got to separate. Sometimes life doesn't make sense, but how many know when you're trusting God with your future, it's not going to make sense? Because some things you see, you're not going to understand, but you got to believe that the best thing for my life is happening even though it's uncomfortable in my life. That's what fulfilling your purpose is all about. Because I can't fulfill my purpose. You, listen, business people, you can't hang around people that have no vision, man. Just doesn't work. You, you know what's funny? Purpose is kind of like vision. Tells me who I can hang out with. Tells me where I can go. Tells me who I could spend time with. And most of all, it tells me the thinking pool of people I'm allowed to be around. You ever been around negative people? Man, I've been seeing this so much lately. It's almost, it's it's bewildering my mind that negative people become so toxic in a moment, it becomes almost contagious and it becomes so, it's almost repulsive to the people that are positive. That's just life in general. You ever been there like, man, I don't know, but if I ever got, you know, around, I'm, I'm just, playing hey, let's figure it out. Let's get, go. you ever get around, oh, nothing's good. Oh, nothing works. It really starts dampering the whole situation. So how in the world can you dream in your purpose if you get around people that keep telling you you can't do it? How are you going to carry a dream with people and just say, hey, you ever, man, I'm going to tell you right here now, we did this a couple times in here. I refuse to do it. I said the first time it comes out of my mouth, I want everybody to shout yes. Yeah, I, you cannot find, I'm not creative, okay? That's not my, that's not my thing. I'm not a creative, like, I don't have creativity to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not like, I can't, what they see, like, Lauren has that creative thing. A lot of you guys got that creative thing. I'm not saying, but like, when you walk in a creative environment, when you get around people that dream, now I'm dreaming, I'm a dreaming, I'm gonna build it. What happens, you walk in an environment with people that can't see, right away, they tell you why, why it can't work. I don't want people yes me. But I don't want people that come in there, when I go dream big, you can't dream like me. Figure out how you're gonna put legs to it and make it work, don't tell me we can't do it. I don't wanna hear can't do it. You're not can't do it kind of people. Figure out how we can do it. That's the problem, see what I'm saying? You ever walk in a room with creativity and somebody's speaking big and it's freaking you out? I've been in a room with business guys, they scare me man, they do. They're talking about millions of dollars. Like, we talk about $100, they talk about millions of dollars. I got nervous one day. I was like, that's a lot of money, bro. But I ain't going to tell them that. I go, yeah, we can do it. The guy just called me the other day. I said, you will do $100 million this year if you focus and you push. And yeah, $100 million bucks ain't a lot of money to some people in this room. But to some people, that's a lot of money. I said, you can do it because you have the capacity. But here's the thing. Once you get it coming out of your mouth, now you got to maintain it with your mind. And you got to maintain it with your people group. And now you got to maintain it with where you go. Because people are going to get around you and say, who are you to think? you could do a hundred million. I'll tell you who I think I am. I think I'm God's man in the earth. You think you're God's woman on earth. Why not you? Why not now? Why not this century? Why not? Now that might not be your dream. You might have to be, what am I trying to say? Get around people of purpose. They carry stuff. Hanging around with a bunch of ding-dongs, can't see nothing. Come on. This is what I'm saying. So why did God separate me from some people? I don't know, think about it. Well, maybe they weren't going where you're going. Hey, man, let's go party and hang out. My partying days are over, bro. Come on, you see what I'm saying? Hey, let's go here. No, I ain't got no time for that. Get around people that make your dream look small. Because theirs is just so big, you got to level up when you get around them. Come on, man. Get away from these can't do it kind of people. Come on. You see what I'm saying? Why am I telling that? Why? Here's why. Point number one. Your purpose is a big deal to God, and you got to fulfill it. Ain't that good? Don't you feel? You feel like spiritual energy in here, don't you? Yeah, I'm ready. Because I'm dropping weight on you. Like, you can do this thing. You're the best. You gonna be the best. God, man, you're the best you can buy. I'm not competing with nobody but the guy in the mirror. That's who you got to compete with every day. Be better than that Joker tomorrow. I'm gonna beat that guy a little bit, make him a strong because you guys are awesome, man. You're called of God. You realize how big you are? Look at your neighbor, say you're big. You're big. You're big. You're a big deal to God. Your purpose is a big deal to God. Your plan's a big deal to God. If you don't do it, come on, man. The preacher said, where do you see the most potential? In the graveyard. Why? Unfilled potential. You know, they interviewed people on their deathbed. Want to know what the greatest regret was? Not fulfilling their purpose. Didn't do this, didn't do that. Knew I should have did this, should have did that. Don't leave potential in the grave. Go fulfill it. Look at what Jesus says. Now here's, today's going to be good. Because check this out. Look what Jesus said about this. He starts telling them in the parable why sometimes we get hindered in our purpose. Jesus says this. He said, there was a man who invited many to join him at a great feast. When the day of the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant, and said, hey, notify everybody and tell them to come. It's now ready for you. Your purpose, the plan, the dream, the thing. But one by one, they all started making excuses. Wow. Do we make excuses? You know what I'm saying? Look, man, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. I can't come. Right? How many excuses do we have for fulfilling? This ain't about going to church. This is about fulfilling your destiny. That's what he's saying. He invited him to the feast. What was the feast? The feast was a banquet that he was having where he wanted everybody to come and be with him. And that's when he tells him go to highways and byways and just scream, tell everybody to come into the kingdom. It's about the kingdom of heaven. It's about entering into heaven. It's about the, and what did they start doing? They start making excuses. One guy said what? He said, I can't come. I just bought some property, so I'm obligated to go look over it. Was well, that the excuse for you? I don't know. What am I saying? God doesn't care. You buy property, build buildings, do all this. But don't make it a priority above God. I told you what happened with me. Listen, guys, you're going to have to have a checkup from the neck up and have a heart check. I'm going to tell you right here now because I was here where you are. I've gotten more feedback about this series. People going, I don't even know if I'm in the will of God. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I asked myself these questions. Look, you want to know what I said? I said this to God and I was transparent and I was honest and maybe you got to get transparent and honest too. I was like, I love my kids more than I love God. Are you kidding me? See, this is what I'm saying. Don't lie to yourself and just go say, I love God more than anything. I said, no. I said, when those little jokers first showed up, I took one look at them, and I said, I'm going to die for them. I don't know if I'm dying for anybody else. You'd run in front of traffic for that little joker, even though you like to wrap them all in the head every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? You, you'd give up your life. You know what I'm saying? I told you a couple weeks ago, got one story. I wasn't kidding. We were fishing. It was freezing. And it wasn't me, but I had a Luca with me, and then we had one of the guys from the church and his little boy, my mother knows what I'm talking about, here I am throwing this fishing rod, I'm throwing this fishing rod, the water's freezing, man, we are in the middle of the winter, it was cold, but we did it anyway, I don't know why, and I'm doing this, and that little son of a gun, he got caught in that little rip thing, and he was going under, I had my key fob in my top pocket. I, my car, I, I got the key fob wet so bad it wouldn't even do the car. I had to sit there for three hours waiting for this thing to dry out. I left it there. This little son of a gun, he went under. The minute he went under, I didn't care, fishing rod, keys, money. I went and grabbed the little grabbed him by his neck, pulled him up out of the water. Why? I drowned before that kid would die. Are you kidding me? We got these kind of perceptions where we understand humanity. Do you love God like that? I don't know. And I went to God and said, I love that kid. Man, I'll tell you, I got, I don't know. Then I sat on it for a couple days. I said, Jesus, you know what? I do love you more than everything. You want to know why? Because without you, I wouldn't have that wife. Without you, I wouldn't have those parents. Without you, I wouldn't have those kids. I wouldn't have those church people that I love so much. I mean, they're, they're just, they're, you guys are more family to me than biological family I got sometimes. I spend more time with you. And you know why I love, you want to know why I love you more? Because without you, I wouldn't have one of them. Wouldn't have them little kids. Wouldn't have what I have. So what do you do? You get a heart check and you get a checkup and you go, God, my priorities are you first. These guys don't have a you first mentality. Like, I got to go do it. Look, there's more excuses. Check this one out. This one's a big one, right? Another said, please accept my regrets. I just purposed five teams of oxen. That's his job. Do we prioritize our job? Listen, guys, you got to go to work, I understand. You got to go do life, I understand. I want you to have the property. I want you to have the job. I want, But I can't what? I can't go because it is now. No, come on, you got to get it done. Look at the last one. This one's great. Check this one out. Another one said, I can't come, I'm married. I got too many responsibilities. Can't show up, I'm married, right? Boys night out is over, right? <laughs> I'm married. No, what am I trying to get you to say? It's excuses. And I'm going to tell you what society has sold you. Oh, it's a, now. Listen, don't get on me because I'm not on you because I do too. I build my schedule around these kids, but guess what? When football becomes more important than Jesus, we got a problem in my house. You do what you want to do. When dance became too much, we had a problem. You got to say Izzy first. Look, I got no problem, and hey, let me tell you what the problem is. You know what? I like in this my life. You want to know why I do what I do? Because I got to be done before everybody else in that house gets up. You're going to have sacrifice to serve Jesus. I told you about the Me Time guy, man. I used to have him in the church. Remember that? That was a cute one. Remember that? He said, man, I got to have me, newlywed guy. Funny as anything. Well, man, she do not understand. I got to have Me Time. I said, yeah, oh, praise God. I believe in me time. Me time's great. And you know, young single dude coming in. I got to have me time. Tony's telling me I got me time. You know, me time. What about me time? I said, "Is this Joker really serious about this me time business?" He come in the office, told me, "Me time, me time." She don't understand. I need me time. I said, "Your wife doesn't understand. You need me time." He said, "Nah." I said, "All right, make an appointment with me. You guys come see me." He just showed up and he talked talking me, selling me on me time. I said, "Oh yeah, I got me time every day. I have me time." She said, That's what I'm trying to tell her. She don't understand me. I need me time. I'm a man. I need the me time. I need. She don't get me me time. I said, "Brother, I have me time every single day." He said, "You do? That's what I'm talking about. Me time. I need a couple hours of me." I said, "That guy. I have a couple hours." me time every single day. He said, you do? That's what I'm talking. She don't understand. That woman don't understand me. I said, yeah. I said, hey, bro, look at me. I said, let me tell you when me time starts. Me time starts the minute my head hits the pillow. Let me tell you, when meantime time is over, when my eyes pop open in the morning, you moron. You ain't got no me time. You're a man. Act like one. You got to get up before everybody else. You got to do what nobody wants to. Why? Because guess what? This is not meantime time world you live in. This is God time world you live in. You don't get to do what you want to do. You get to do what you've been called to do. Now watch. It gets better. Let me tell you something about Jesus. This powder puff, you know, gospel ain't what Jesus preached. Pop that up there. Let them see that. Oh, more excuses? Cool, we down. Let me tell you what Jesus said about excuses in verse 25. Look at 1425. And massive crowds followed who? And this is what he said. No, let's go back to the other verse. Let them really see that for a minute. And how many people followed him? Massive crowds. And what did he say? He turned and said this to them. When you follow me as my disciple, you must put aside your father. Wow. Whoa, dude. Your mother. Oh. Your wife, your sister, your brother's. You will even seem as though you hate your own life. I'm gonna explain it. He said, This is the price you gotta pay to be considered one of my followers. In the King James, it says you have to love them less. So let me explain this. Are you ready for this? He says that word hate. You know what hate means? Love less. That's all it means. He wants you to love him more than anything else. And look what he says. And anyone who comes to me has to be willing to share this cross and experience it as his own. Or you can't even consider to be a disciple. You tell me there ain't some sacrifice in this? You tell me there ain't going to be some pain in this? The gospel that Jesus preaches is a whole different world than the gospel they're preaching in the church, guys. This comfortable gospel ain't the gospel of Jesus. I'm sorry. This is the truth. And I'm going to show you how you can do it. So, don't follow me without considering what it's gonna cost you. For ain't nobody gonna build a house and not figure out how much it costs before they start building it. And that's where we're at today. Today, we got this heart check to be like, hey, God, number one, are you first? Number two, am I on purpose? And here's what I want you to know God is not trying to take something from you, He just wants to be number one in your life. Because let me tell you what happens. When God's number one in your life, you have the best marriage you ever had in your life. When God's number one in your life, you have the best relationship you ever had with your kids. Because your kids know mom and dad. I'm going to tell you about my kids from day one. Listen, I do not know what I'm doing. I probably did not parent them right. It's a work in progress. I'm like, praise the Lord, help me Jesus. But I'm going to tell you one thing they know. As for me in this house, God's coming first. Because okay? you get a lot of pressure in the society to be like, oh, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't this. And oh, you know, you shouldn't this. And my mom will kid with you, right? She's like, you, she'll tell you, we were dragging those kids to church when they didn't want to come. The only reason why the Joker ain't here today, they went to that football game. I make them come. Some of you parents got to figure out, well, you know, Johnny, he's 18. That Joker's in my roof. That Joker's going to church. He ain't telling me what he going to do. I'm going to tell him what he going to do. Why? You know what he told me the other day? I think these scriptures ain't working. Somebody asked him a question. He said, well, be sure you know your sin will find you out. I've been telling him that since he's been six. I didn't think none of this stuff was working. Hello, are you here? Are you here? Parents, are you here? I've been telling this little joker scriptures. I didn't think he was paying attention to one of them. The other day, they're asking him a question. He goes, well, you know, your sin will find you out. I said, I've been telling you that from day one. praise." Because when he goes out, sometimes I say, hey, son, remember this. Be sure your sins will find you out. Peace. Have a good time. Right, go with that, because I can't tell you what to do. And you know what? He's, re- he's reciting the Bible. See, you didn't do maybe the best job, but I did the best job I knew how. Come on, you see what I'm saying? You got to start setting these things. No, 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 no. Come on. You get what I'm saying? Look, I'm not bragging about I me. Mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I just got done telling you that. But what am I telling you? You got a purpose. You got a plan in the house. Does God come first? I'm just asking in your own life, does God come first? I'm just asking. Are we seeing these things? Well, you know, I can't do it. you could do whatever you want to do as long as you explain it biblically to everybody. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? And you gotta understand this is God first in your marriage? Well, then you won't be arguing about the stupid stuff you're arguing about if He is. Because you will it once and for all, we're gonna live the Bible way. Come on, man. This is part of fulfilling your God-given purpose. Hello? But you got to remember you're important to God, and you got to realize this. You got to realize you're running in a race to fulfill your purpose the minute you were born. The minute you took your first breath, guess what? You were on a crash course for destiny. You got to realize I'm running in a race of life to fulfill my purpose, and so are you. That's why you're here. You don't don't just, uh, you discover it. You don't plan it. You discover it. You play play and you got an ability. I don't have that. That's why God gave it to you. You can do, I can't do it. Yeah, you could. Not like you do it. You see it. You understand it. Some of you got a mechanical head. I just look and go, I don't get it. But you guys get it. Why not? You've been designed like that. You gotta realize though, you're running a race. Look what the scriptural says. Isn't it obvious to everybody what? Isn't it obvious that all runners on this racetrack keep running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize? Each one of you must run the race to be victorious. He's saying you gotta run to win you got to run to go. Look at the next verse, just so you see it. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect. Practicing what? Constant self-control in order to win a wreath. What? What? That quickly withers, but you're going to get a prize that's greater than this. Don't you realize the minute you took your first breath, you started running in the race of discovery, that you've started running the race of purpose, that you start running in a race to discover, why am I on the face of the earth? It's important. It's up to you. I think one of the greatest things to remember with this is this. Sometimes in life, we underestimate how important we really are. It's not pride. It's really an understanding of purpose gives me the ability to start training myself the way I'm supposed to see myself. So sometimes what happens is we don't feel like Oh, I don't feel like I'm a big deal, so therefore I do not what? Prepare like I'm a next level kind of person. If I come in here today and tell you your life's a big deal, guess what you should do? Start living like it's a big deal. Start talking like it's a big deal. Start walking like it's a big deal. And start what? Putting yourself around people that celebrate the big deal you are instead of getting in a swimming pool. You know, I used to say this to people when they come to church a lot of times. People stay in a small pool. When you're in a small pool, you're a big fish. But when you pick the big fish and put it in the ocean, it ain't big no more you got to put yourself in environments that allow you to have a greater capacity. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because what it does is it challenges me to level up my game to the level of people that are around me. That's why your environment is so important. Your associations are so important. I just had someone the other day, and I guarantee you they're watching. They said, we went into a different environment, and when the environment started speaking to us, we knew we had to elevate our spiritual life to walk in that level of life. That's why you come in here. I don't expect you to live beneath. I want you to live above. Point number three is this. God's been to the end. So where you're started, he already finished. You need to hear this today. You got to see this. I'm going to explain God's already been to the end. So where you're started, he already finished. So here's what it is. Jesus is the alpha and the, he is the beginning and the, look what it says in Isaiah. Isaiah will make it real plain for you. Remember your history Your long rich history. I am God, the only God you've what had or ever will have. I'm incomparable, I'm irreplaceable from the very beginning. Telling you what the ending will be all along, letting you in on the what is going to happen, assuring you I'm in this for the long haul. I'll do exactly what I set out to do. What is he showing you? He's saying, You're here, but I've already ended and finished it all. That means right now, today, everything you need for today has already been supplied for you. That means tomorrow, everything you need is waiting for you. When you start dreaming big, and you start pressing it down, I got news for you. He's got the provision for tomorrow waiting for you. Where did that idea come from? Where did that dream come from? Where did that calling come from? Came from God. He said, I daily supply. So that means tomorrow has everything you need to do what God placed in your heart. The day after that has everything you need waiting for you. Everything you waiting and waiting for, God already prepared for you. It's waiting for you in your future. Why? Because when you start discovering the beginning, God is already at the end of the thing. He's already finished the matter. He's already set it in motion. He's already got it laid up. You can't see it, And you can't understand it, but you gotta trust him that it's waiting there. Why? Because God is never gonna put you in a situation when you show up that He has not already supplied everything you need right there in the midst of where you're at. That's why you can trust Him. That's why you can believe Him. That's why you can say, you know what, God, I don't know. But the Bible says a man devises a way, but God orders your steps. He's putting one foot in front of the other when you don't see how it's gonna happen. He's making sure he's leading you and he's making sure he's guiding you and he's making sure he's helping you. And when you don't feel like you can walk, you crawl a little bit, baby, but you keep taking steps towards the future. Why? Because something inside of me won't let me quit. Something inside of me just keeps pushing me and propelling me to go for it, to dream bigger, to expect more. You know, A lot of times in life, that's one of the greatest pressures about the next level is that when you, you know, I think it was Joyce Meyer said, new level, new devil. And I kind of got it. But, you know, it's kind of like funny when you think about it, like next level, new devil. But I like to say it like this the next level of where my faith put me, I have to maintain. See, that's what people don't know. Peter, one time, he sees, he goes, man, he goes, is that you, Jesus? I'm kind of freaking out. You look like a ghost. I don't know. Is it you? And y'all know the story. Jesus said, "Yeah, me, Peter. It's me. Come on out here." Wow. How many of you got to come on out here? Speech. How many of you got to go to Relevant? You know, go to Relevant. You're like, "Oh God, I used to be Methodist. Now I got to deal with this guy." Hallelujah. How many of you got to? How many got to enter into the kingdom thing? You know. You're saying. You know, we were laughing about it. I was a good Catholic. You know, we used to go to church. You know. Every Sunday, my mother tried. Didn't work. She tried to get the cuss out of me. Didn't work. Jesus did it, but praise the Lord. But what am I trying to get you to see? Is I'm trying I'm taking steps and I'm pushing. Sometimes I don't understand anything that's going on. But it's Bidest me come. Peter sees something that he thinks he can achieve. Whether it was right or wrong, who knows, who cares? What does Jesus say to his response? You want to come out here? Come on. I always thought this. Didn't make no sense. Why is Peter got to be out in order? I thought it was like, I really think Peter seen a glimpse of the glory of God and something inside of him said, if he can do it, you can do it. If he can do it, you can do it. And Jesus, what's walking on water going to do? What's this matter? What, well, you're in a boat, stay in a boat. What is this? But it was something in God that he saw that compelled him to want to be like Jesus. Biddest me come. Look it. Are you seeing it? Biddest me come. Let me come. And what does he say? What does Jesus say to him? Come on out. And what happens when Peter gets out? Where'd you go? What am I supposed to do? It's windy, it's stormy, it's rainy. And we all know Peter sank, but here's what I always get out of this. Jesus will tell you to walk out into the dream. Jesus will tell you to walk out into the purpose. Jesus will tell you walk out do the plan. Jesus will tell you, some of you business people, it's next level life. Jesus will tell some of you people stepping out in business, it's next level business. Jesus will tell you it's time for the promotion. Jesus will tell you it's the next season for your marriage. Jesus will tell you it's the next season for your family. And the minute you step out and come, guess what? There's no more instructions. Now withstand in what you heard. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Because if he brought you here, he'll finish it. There's no more instruction. Now you have to maintain what you've seen. you got a glimpse of glory. But now you got to maintain it. Has he ever spoken anything to you? Has he ever said, you can do it? This is your year. Your marriage will work. Your kid's going to be okay. And it doesn't look like your kids are going to be okay. And you're freaking out. How's the situation going to turn around? How are you going to get into my, how God, how? And you hear from heaven, it's going to be all right. Or you read something and you go, I'm holding on. And you hear, and now you got to maintain. And you saw, and now you got to maintain. That's what purpose is all about. Oh, you don't believe it? Peter, who am I? Oh, you're the Christ. Oh, great. Let me tell you who you are. And three minutes later, he goes, get behind me, saying, Because you cannot walk out what you just told me you can walk out. We've all been there, just like he's been there. It's too big, but you can do it. It's too noisy, but you can do it. He told me to come. I don't know if I can, but you can do it. What do you got to remember? That in the midst of the coming, in the midst of the sea, you're going to have to stand there in the middle of nowhere and understand that God can get you through, even though you don't know how he's going to do it, even though you don't know when he's going to do it, even though you don't know the way he's going to do it. You just got to know he can do it and trust him. Why? Because I'm running in a race to fulfill my purpose. I don't understand every place about it, but I know this and remember this and don't you ever forget this point number four your greatness is trapped in your littleness I don't think I can that's great because you're in company with great people what do you mean your greatness I'm talking to you today you're a whole lot smart let me tell you something right here now I'm going to slap somebody in here because I love you you stop saying you're not smart cut it out I'm not smart enough. Stop saying that. Because I love you, man. You're smart enough. I'm not good enough. Stop saying it. You're good enough. I I, 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 I'm, I had someone the other day say, I'm mentally challenged, man. Me and P.L. were there. You were with me. I'm mentally challenged. Stop saying it. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the report says. You ain't you ain't mentally challenged. Oh, they're 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 not physically capable. Don't you tell me what somebody's physically capable of. They don't. They got they got they got they don't have. They're psychologically not together. I don't care what the doctor said. They don't. They got the attention span of a two. I don't want to hear none of that. Put that up there, please. My greatness is trapped in it. They can't. They, you know, like, they can't. You know what I'm talking about? You got, you got, I don't, I don't read it that hush your mouth. I got people, I don't even want to tell you, I don't want to tell it because I don't know. People come to me and say, Pastor, I can't do, that don't mean it's stopping you. I don't read like that, I don't know, I'm not smart like that, I'm not book smart like that. What you talk about book smart like that? Hush your mouth. Greatness is trapped in littleness. Stay little in your own eyes. You know, the apostle Saul got big in his head. He was a goofball is what he was. God anointed him to be king, and he was doing great things. And you know what the Bible said about him? He said, you were good until you were what? Until you started lifting yourself up. While you were little in your own eyes, you were doing great things for my kingdom. But the minute you got separated from being little and thought you were somebody, you just became a nobody. And God took the anointing off his life and gave it to David because he said, As long, you know what, David is a man after God's own heart because I believe this. You know, it's complicated because he looks like he's a failure in a lot of ways. But you want to know what the key with David was? He always stood literally in his own eyes. He never lifted himself above. Remember, man, greatness is trapped in littleness. I don't feel like I can. That's because greatness is in you. They told me I would never be able to do this. It's okay. I'm staying little, man. I ain't gonna say nothing. Quiet, watch you just do it. Man, I could feel the Holy Ghost in here just gliding. Hey, man. They said you ain't smart enough. Woohoo! Get ready. They said you couldn't be. Woo-hoo-hoo! I'll get ready to show the world I can. They said you don't have the capacity to watch me, and my God, pull it off. Boom they said nobody like you can anything good come from nazareth here i am hey hey can anything good come from daytona beach florida it looks like you walks like you Talks like you act like you might just be you look at your neighbor say might just be you he's talking about Look at your neighbor Say it might just be who he's talking about. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? All things are possible to him that believes. I can do all things because God is going to give me anointing to do what I could not do. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm leaving you, I'm leaving you with this. I'm leaving you with this. And then you better get a shout in your mouth. I'm leaving you with this. When does the anointing kick in? When my ability stops you're looking at it like it's a problem i got news for you the minute you don't have nothing left is the greatest moment of your life because that's when god kicks in so you're thinking you're all that guess what you're gonna have to carry all that when you think you ain't all that and you know it's him kicking in he comes in early and last time i checked god has never lost a battle last time i checked god has never lost anything Last time I checked, all things are possible to him that believes. What's going to happen when you step in little early and go, guess what, God? I can't do it, but I know you can. God, I don't have the ability, but I know you do. God, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know you work it out. God, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know you can turn around. God, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know you can. Let me tell you something. If you can just stay little sometimes, not, twer- not like, you know, I can't, no. Literally in your own eyes. God will stay big. Let me tell you what I heard. The Lord said this to me. He said, the minute you can stay literally in your eyes, you'll become big in my eyes. That means that, see, God says, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, seeing who he can show himself strong in. How many know when God's strength kicks in, we ain't needing your strength no more. All you got to do is just go autopilot and let him take over. Amen. Amen. Come on, I'm telling you, stay little, stay great. Let me pray for you. Pastor Roxanne's coming. You're going to love this. She's going to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you for doing what you're doing in their life. I think it ain't never going to be the same again because their purpose is going to get fulfilled in you. And from this moment forward, all they're going to see... All they're going to know and all they're going to do is everything planned in this plan to transform their life forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.